Welcome to Bible Study. This is Nick Rita, your host, and very happy to be with you again, and um, thank you for tuning in. A brand new study, and uh, I'm looking forward to study the book of Daniel, an amazing book, and please stay with us, bring the Bible, uh, make it available in front of you there, that you may follow us on what we are going to share with you today. Just before we going into our study, I'd like to take just a few moments to acknowledge and to think of those people who are going through very much suffering right now as we are um, broadcasting this program. This study is also referring to a lots of uh, prophecies in the Bible and how God uh, is revealing his plan for each one of us. We live in a very unsettled world and very unrestful world. And particularly here in Australia where we are producing this program, we are going through a very difficult time where um, lots of fires are going around and lots of people are suffering. Just an uh, estimation at this time, more than a thousand families lost their property and uh, there are so many fires going on and about six million hectares have been burned so far. And our thoughts are going with uh, those people who are uh, suffering right now. And we uplifting you in prayer. We want you to be confident and to trust in God that He is in control of all things. There are things happening in this life which we may not understand right now, but if we give our life to God and allow Him to work in our lives His way, we'll uh, be comforted. But I just want you to know that we are um, feeling with you all. And uh, I hope that uh, this program will also help uh, you to find your your answers and find find your way. I would like to shortly introduce uh, our panel for this new Bible study. And I would like to thank you, Helen, for coming on board with us. Thank you, Nick. I am so excited about these studies. Um, it was the prophecies in Daniel that convicted me that we have a God who is in control of everything. And that was my start of my journey. And I'm so, so glad that Daniel, we are studying Daniel. Mm. Yeah, I'm looking forward for this, uh, this period of time when we study Daniel. Ken, also thank you for joining <coughs> us. Thank you, Nick. Great to be back again. And I think like the rest of the panel today, looking forward so much to this fabulous book of Daniel, which I personally think is one of the most important books in the entire Bible. So great to be back. And Lydia, good to have you with us also. Yeah, thank God for his grace and privilege to be here, to have another day of living and a normal life, comparing with other people who lost everything. Mm. It's heartbreaking. My heart goes with them. And Len, uh, it's our facilitator for today. And uh, Len, thank you very much for um, putting together this uh, Bible study. And welcome to the program. Okay, thank you, Nick. And hello, listeners. And let me at the outset wish you all a happy new year. I know for many it hasn't been very happy at all. But um, there can be good things come out of bad too. As has been said today, we begin a new series of exciting studies on the Old Testament book of Daniel. You know, Jesus referred to this book in Matthew chapter 24, verse 15, where he said, So, when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation spoken through Daniel the prophet, 
let the reader understand. So this is a book which Jesus said we should understand. The book of Daniel is important. Much of it is prophecy that reaches down through our time. Understanding this book enables us to know what forces have shaped society in the past, will shape society in the future, and are active right now. We hope that you will be able to trust God's Word much more as we open up for you this special Bible book. Today, we'll be dealing with an introduction to the book only. But before we do, I'm going to invite Helen to pray for us. Let's pray. Loving Heavenly Father, it is such a delight to come here to study, to share with the the thought, Lord, that we don't just want to read, we want to understand. And may that be fulfilled through the power of the Holy Spirit in not only the lives here of the panel, but in all the listeners today. Pray, Father, this will be a means of people acknowledging that you are God, you are sovereign, you are in control, and we have no need to fear while you are in control. Help us to understand, Lord, through these prophecies, not only what has gone, what is to come. And, Lord, help it to give us hope and encouragement that very soon you are coming to set up your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunities that we have. And I pray that we can take it into our hearts and into our lives. I pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Helen. Now, we're talking about the Bible and the book of Daniel as part of the Bible. Ken, what is the central theme running through the whole Bible? Well, basically, it's about Jesus Christ and God's dealings with mankind. And the Bible goes into many, many information about all this sort of stuff, but it's really the the connection between Jesus Christ and human beings. All right, thank you. You know, there are a lot of people who don't give any credence to the Old Testament. Helen Again, from the words of Jesus, he said something about the Old Testament. Would you read Luke chapter 24, verses 25 to 27, to see what Jesus said about this? Yes, delighted to read it. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and it says, Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the Scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the Scriptures the things concerning himself. I think it's a really sad indictment to these people that because they misunderstood the role of the suffering servant, i.e. the Messiah, they were looking at the Messiah as being a political king and they missed so much in scripture because of it. They read about it but they didn't understand. I could imagine that he would begin with the promised offspring in Genesis, going through the suffering servant in Isaiah, you know, the pierced one in Zechariah, the messenger and covenant in Malachi. You know, Jesus reintroduced these disciples to the Christ in the Bible. You know, that Christ is woven through all the scriptures, the central theme that binds them all together. And it's an interesting study, listeners, if you wish to, to go through each book and see 
the name Messiah or the name Christ or even the name Jesus may not be there as as such. And we'll notice that also in Daniel, I think, then that's correct, isn't it? Yes. Um, he's not mentioned by the name of Jesus. And I thought about that too, and I thought, well, there were many people that were called Jesus back then. And it would be terrible if they were standing, all standing up and saying, well, that's me, that's me. You know, um, God was specific. But, yeah, I believe that they had they had studied, but they had misunderstood. And Jesus was really saying, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but they are they which testify of me. Mm, that's right. So if you look through your Bible listeners, if you've got an index, and you should have an index at the front, you'll notice that the book of Daniel is part of those Old Testament scriptures. Ledger, when was the book of Daniel written and who wrote it? We all know that the book of Daniel was and is part of um, the Old Testament scriptures and I do believe that um, it was written by Daniel himself uh, more than 2,500 years ago and uh, probably was completed in 530 BC, shortly after the capture of Babylon by Cyrus of the Medo-Persian Empire. Yeah. Now, you've mentioned the date, 530 BC. Why is that date important? It's important because prophecy, it's about the future and was genuine and... uh, was written before the events and not after the events and to me it's very important also because conveys prophetic information profoundly relevant to our personal life today yes um, I've heard critics of the Bible say oh that was written after it happened but this is 530 BC exactly this was sort of in the middle well in the middle of the Medo-Persian Empire, which was the main power in the world, and it spoke about future empires and actually mentions Greece and later on other empires. So because the date can be traced back to 530 BC, we can see that this is a genuine prophecy. Ken, Apart from the Bible revealing things about Jesus, even in the Old Testament, one theme is evident through the book of Daniel. Now, you'll find this theme in Daniel chapter 5, verse 21. Would you like to read that and tell us what that theme is? Okay, I'm reading from the King James Version. And he was driven from the sons of men, and his heart was made like the beasts, and his dwelling was with the wild asses. They fed him with grass like oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till he knew that the Most High God ruleth in the kingdom of men, and that he appointeth over it whomsoever he will. What's so important about this, of course, is that it clearly tells us that it is God that is sovereign of the earth, and everyone uh, on it, actually, he sets up the leaders and nobody can do his own thing. They all come through the commands of God. Yes, that's right. King Nebuchadnezzar, of course, said, look what great things I have done and gave himself a good pat on the back. God let it be known through what happened to Nebuchadnezzar that he, God, is above all 
kings included. At that time, the empire which was ruling, you know, uh, uh, and by the the king of that empire, which you mentioned, Len Nebuchadnezzar, he thought that he's God on earth. Nothing can uh, happen to him. I mean, he set up himself forever. And even when the prophecy was told to him, you know, even the, the golden head, he was a very confident man that he can rule. But God is in control, and this is the most important thing. God is in control even when people think that they are God on earth or they, there is not hope on earth. Because there are two different things, you know, where people can be thrown into the extremes. But God is in control. Thanks, Nick. I think there's a very good lesson for us, and that is Nebuchadnezzar was so arrogant that even though he had been shown the dream, even though he had been shown the interpretation, he went and built a golden statue. It was all in gold, Mm. representing Babylon. In other words, he thought himself better than even what God was saying, Mm. and that was one of his downfalls. Mm. Yes, I think Nebuchadnezzar was not prepared to accept that his kingdom was coming to an end and what he did later on that Helen just referred to in setting up this 90-foot-tall golden statue of a man was trying to demonstrate to everybody that his kingdom was lasting forever, but it didn't. Well, Helen, God used other people, other holy men, to proclaim prophecies. Now, can you tell us what is the difference between the prophecies of, say, of Jeremiah and of Daniel. Well, yes, um, Jeremiah, he he was also a prophet, by the way. He prophesied destruction and what have you. But his main theme was on the sins of Israel, and he was rebuking them. Um, he's also known as the weeping prophet. In fact, most of the other prophets prophesied about Israel and about forsaking their sinful ways. Daniel was different in the fact that um, he was given, and there's a word here that we often use, and it's called apocalyptic prophecies. In other words, worldwide scale, unconditional prophecies over a long period of time. You know, a little bit different to say uh, prophecy of um, Nineveh when Jonah went out, and that was not so much apocalyptic, but more classical prophecy. In other words, there was room for them to repent, and that was on condition. Whereas when you're talking about apocalyptic prophecies, it's unconditional and also over a long period of time. Mm. Thanks for that, Helen. But what are some of the features of apocalyptic prophecies? In apocalyptic prophecy, God reveals the rise and the fall of world empires from Daniel's day to the end of time. This kind of prophecy rests on God's foreknowledge and sovereignty and will happen regardless of human choices. Okay, so it's quite obvious here from what both you and Helen have said that apocalyptic prophecies such as were made in the prophecies of Daniel, it didn't matter what people did, that was what would happen. And there was no room for repentance like the prophecies made by Jeremiah and other other Old Testament prophets. Like Jonah. Ken, tell us a bit about Jonah. Well, Jonah was a prophet, again, back in the Old Testament times, 
that was sent to, by sent by God to proclaim the, the destruction of Nineveh, which is one of the greatest cities of that day, but very, very wicked and evil. And he was sent along to warn the people or, or to tell the people that God is going to destroy the city because of the evil in it. All right. So what happened? Well, he went along and he talked talked to people and the king got to hear about it. And they were so impressed with what he said and so concerned with what he said that they all changed from their wicked ways and put sackcloth on them and ash on their head uh, as a sign of repentance and changed their ways and God looked down and saw what was happening and he changed his mind and the city wasn't destroyed. All right. It was a conditional prophecy. Yes, it was. It was not an apocalyptic prophecy. By the way, listeners, did you know that the city of Nineveh is currently called Mosul? M-O-S-U-L. It still exists, but it exists under a different name. Now, the first part of the book of Daniel was written in Aramaic, and the latter in Greek. Not that that matters so very much. But prophecy often uses symbols. Ken, can you tell us some of the symbols? You don't have to explain what they are, because we'll find that out later on. But what are some of these symbols? Well, there's actually quite a few symbols used in the Bible. And again, if you study the Bible, you can find exactly what these symbols means. But they, there's things like, for example, there's beasts, there's horns, wings, metals, stones, trees, faces. There's a whole range of things. And just a very quick uh, explanation. One of them, beasts, of course, is a power or a government, for example. And horns could be a ruler. And things like wings in, uh, mean speed. Yes. So you can find an answer to what all these symbols means if you search the scriptures. Yes, and usually those symbols are explained in other parts. By the way, and this is an open question to the panel, why use symbols instead of just plain old words? To answer that question, then, we need to go back to the Bible and uh, pick up uh, a story from the Bible in Jesus' time when the disciples were asking actually Jesus himself, why are you talking in um, this language, in parables? Because people don't understand. And uh, Jesus answered very, very plainly. In Matthew chapter 13, from verse 11, Jesus replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. What was the reason? Because the heart of the listeners, the listener, was not for the message. And you need to, to search for the truth, to dig deep to understand the truth. Because Jesus said, if I will tell plainly, they will turn around what I, I'm saying in a disadvantage of yourself and, and them. They can turn it around because their heart was not to understand the kingdom of God. And that's why probably prophecy and symbols are uh, uh, given for the true believer to really search. And here is, I believe, the key point for this study today. Because we are talking about from reading to understanding. It's not enough to read the Bible. 
is not enough just to read about uh, events. You need to understand. And to understand, you need to compare. You need to go back to the Bible to support, because the Bible says that it supports itself. And that's uh, just very vaguely, you know, to, to answer that, uh, that question, that we need to have the heart, which God is, is uh, happy to give us to understand the things of God. Another uh, reason why the Bible is full of um, symbols is that um, God chose to inspire people who wrote the Bible in symbols because for not everybody to understand, because if everybody would understand the Bible plainly straight away, the Bible would already be destroyed, burned, destroyed, and would disappear. But God chose to, to choose symbols for the Holy Spirit to work in, in the right people's heart to understand and not everybody to understand. As I said, because the Bible would disappear. That's a very interesting uh, now uh, question to ask. I mean, was that fair from God to give to us the Bible in, in that way that it's hard to understand? What can we draw out of this? Because many people say it's hard to understand the Bible. You know, they are, that's why they are not looking into the books like uh, Daniel and Revelation particularly, because they will say it's hard to understand. What is our understanding of this fact that God uses um, language uh, like, uh, you know, symbols and uh, other things? What, what will be your understanding here as a, as, as a panel? I think the symbols are very important. We use symbols in modern day life. For example, if I mention the Crows football team, some of you would instantly have an image in your mind of this stylized crow. Or if I mentioned the Chicago Bulls basketball team, you would have that image there. Symbols actually are like word pictures. We have pictures in our minds which uh, help explain what is the truth that's trying to be told there. And so I believe they have a very important part in helping us to understand. Referring to reading and understanding, if you read quickly through the book of Daniel and or through the book of Revelation and you come across these symbols, you're probably confused. But you have to dig in and study and see what those symbols represent. And then it helps to understand the other text of these prophecies. Yeah, and that's what that's one of the things which I was trying to refer to for myself uh, before I came to Australia. If I will be just uh, about reading or uh, not really looking to where Australia is and what are some of the things specific to Australia, uh, I would uh, not believe and trust. For example, in uh, back in my culture, we never heard about. Uh, you know, we, we don't have around us marsupials, for example. We don't think that somebody, uh, an animal is carrying his baby in a, in a pouch there. But, you know, when I learned about Australia and the kangaroos, for example, and other marsupials here, that's a reality. Uh, when I heard the word about down under, uh, you know, I mean, I was thinking, oh, where is that? I mean, it's not, obviously, it's not under the... <laughs> Uh, earth somewhere, uh, this place, you know, you need to not just read, you need to understand about uh, uh, the context of uh, of what you're reading. Okay, 
Yeah, I just wanted to add uh, again just these symbols. I think the the prophets back in those days uh, really, uh, as we know, they were led by the Holy Spirit to tell people about these things. But we have to remember, of course, that back then things were a lot simpler. We didn't have lots of books and, and newspapers and radio and all that. And so these words were given to people that they could understand. If somebody talked about, say, uh, a bear or something or a fox or, or something like that, people instantly recognized what it was and what its nature was so mm. they could uh, perhaps understand what the speaker was talking about. We must not underestimate the importance of symbols because they represent something. Ken mentioned bear. Straight away when he said bear, I thought of the Russian bear. You mentioned kangaroos. We have on our coat of arms a kangaroo and an emu. And countries have this. If they see that um, thing, they'll straight away realise it represents a country or in certain cases a team or a car. We have symbols on cars and so on. So symbols help us to understand. Helen, you had something you wanted yeah, to ju share. Just quickly, in line with what you were saying, um, today in the supermarket you can buy dates that have the line of Babylon on it, mm. you know, which I find extremely interesting, you know, because Babylon was known, you know, as the Lion of Babylon. I think it's also interesting that it was symbols were like pictures, aren't they? And they say a picture speaks a thousand words. Mm. And when we put all these together, and, and it really is a case of studying it, the Bible will interpret itself, and that's the beauty about it, but you need to, um, through the power of the Holy Spirit, get into the Word. Mm. All right. The word. Well, much of Daniel, of course, is prophecy. There is some narrative about Daniel and the experience of his three friends and various happenings. But there are several ways to interpret prophecy. Helen, being a woman of wisdom, <laughs> would you like to tell us what these ways are? Right. I'm not even going to answer what you just said. <laughs> um, okay, there are actually four main approaches to prophecy that, that is around today, and they are preterism, idealism, futurism, and historicism. But let me just explain very quickly. Preterism is the prophecies are about past events, events that have already gone and occurred in the past. Futurism is the opposite. Prophecies are about events yet to come in the future. Now, if you go back and you study Daniel um, intensely and you look at the dates and you look at compare it with history, none of these seem to fit, you know, because they're virtually saying all these things happened in the past or are going to all happen in the future. Not so. There is another one called historicism, and that's, I think I've missed one out. Have I missed one out? Yes, idealism. Sure. I've missed idealism. Prophecies are not about actual events, but more to do with the morals and the spiritual realities, not specific to history. And the one that I, I believe is the, the one that is the most um, logic to follow is historicism. Prophecies about real events in sequence, like with a timeline. In other words, God has given us an unbroken sequence of history from the time of the prophet to the end of time. And, and that for us today is important. 
because it gives us a hope that all the other prophecies have been fulfilled except one and we will talk about that at a later date but the approach to prophecy that we take here as a panel and in our church is the historical or historicism because other bible biblical prophecies are sequential it's like a timeline as i said it has a beginning a middle and an end not like the preterism where it's gone not like futurism where it's coming but historicism where it's a beginning a future an end and i believe this is a very important issue so i know some people um, maintain that all these events spoken of by daniel and by john the revelator are all yet future but no when we study carefully we can see some of those things have already happened some are happening now and some are yet future therefore historicism covers the whole gamut past present and future that was uh, very important Len, because uh, sometimes we can uh, say okay we are just looking from a historicist point of view which i believe yeah, it's more accurate in in explaining particularly when you're dealing with apocalyptical <laughs> uh, prophecy to use those uh, difficult uh, language but uh, historicism doesn't mean that is not including you know as you just said in the past events uh, and the, the future events um, but you are looking in the context of the prophecy you are not just taking out of context prophecy and apply it for a particular time in history you know this one you need to understand uh, because if we're talking about uh, for example in the book of uh, uh, Daniel if you look in chapter 2 for example it talks about you know Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome and so on and you know uh, and in chapter uh, 7 the same in chapter 8 9 for example you, you don't find Babylon there much you know why because it has been passed yep alright well that's that's good, good point. Yeah. And Nick emphasized the point that the historicism approach to prophecy shows that it's not limited to just past or present or future but it covers all uh, and the historicist approach may cover say the preterist and only in some areas and so on well let's leave that now and let's talk about apocalyptic prophecy and apocalyptic visions and dreams that god gave daniel Interestingly, they are repeated in different forms. Ken, would you like to share with us chapter 2 of Daniel and verse 32? Again, reading from the King James Version, verse 32, The image's head was of fine gold, its breast and its arms of silver, its belly and its thighs of brass, its legs of iron, its feet part of iron and part of clay. So then, Ken, if you could, you could read Daniel chapter 7 and verse 5, we have this particular empire represented a different way. We'll discuss in a moment which empire it was. Daniel chapter 7, verse 5. And behold, another beast, a second like to a bear, and it raised up itself on one side, and had three ribs in its mouth, off it between the teeth, and they said unto it, Arise, devour much flesh alright well then if we go across to Daniel chapter 8 and I think it's verse 4 
we can have this same power represented again. So Daniel chapter 8 verse 4. I saw the ram pushing westward and northward and southward so that no beast might stand before him neither was there any that could deliver out of his hand but he did according to his will and became great. So here we have three presentations about the same power which happened to be the Medo-Persian power the power that overcame Babylon. It was represented in Daniel chapter 2 as the shoulders and chest of silver. It was represented in Daniel chapter 7 as a lopsided bear with three ribs in its mouth. And then it was represented in Daniel chapter 8 verse 4 as a ram charging north, south, west and east. So each of those things adds some information about that particular power which I've said before was the Medo-Persian power. Yes, Helen. Can I just make one comment? I don't want to go too much into these, but, you know, when you said the Medo-Persia, um, it had the, the three ribs in its mouth and it was on its angle, on an angle. I believe that is because one of those, they were actually the stronger power out of the two and it was symbolic because it was up on its side. Well, Lidget, do we have to rely only on history to try to understand these uh, symbols and things? No, we don't have to rely on history alone of the prophecies. We have to sink into the Bible study and uh, do the research in the Bible because Bible gives interp interpretations and meanings and also we have to pray for the Holy Spirit to give us uh, the light and the understanding in our hearts and minds because the Bible speaks, as I said, for itself. All right. Now, if you turn to Daniel chapter 8 and at verse 15, in my Bible, it has a few words just above verse 15. It says, the interpretation of the vis vision. Would you read, say, verses 15 through to 19. 18 or 19? While I, Daniel was watching the vision and trying to understand it, there before me stood one who looked like a man, and I heard a man's voice from the Uli calling, Gabriel, tell this man the meaning of the vision. As he came near the place where I was standing, I was terrified and fell prostrate. Son of man, he said to me, Understand that the vision concerns the time of the end. While he was speaking to me, I was in a deep sleep with my face to the ground. Then he touched me and raised me to my feet. He said, I am going to tell you what will happen later in the time of wrath because the vision concerns the appointed time of the end. Would you read verse 22, please, Lydia? The two-horned ram that you saw represents the kings of Media and Persia. Well, that's pretty plain, isn't it? Yes. So those three symbols relating to Medo-Persia was a metal, was uh, another beast, a bear, a lopsided bear with three ribs in its mouth, we won't 
discuss that so much now. And then it was represented as a ram. Nick, would you mind reading Daniel chapter 9 and verse 23? Sure, Len. I mean, this is very related to what Lydia was reading before in the previous chapter. At the beginning of your supplication, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. It's interesting that the angel comes here to Daniel to clarify some of the things in his mind. I would like to point out something out of this. A lot of times, we humans are tempted to give interpretation to the Bible as we consider that applies most appropriately for us. But in the Bible, we find out that when something was not clarified, not clear, and I will give an example. Daniel, even uh, he, he had some other visions, and we may come across that, when he could not understand anything from that and he was kind of troubled and God even said to him you know what don't worry about it this is not for you and it's not for your time it will be later on uh, revealed we'll come to that maybe later on in our studies but at this time God is saying to the angel go and tell Daniel what's all about because God wants us to be informed not to live by our own interpretation, but by what God is uh, revealing to us. Yeah, I just wanted to add a little bit to this then. We may be coming uh, across this later on, but I think one of the important things in this prophecy, it talks about the time of the end. Now, they weren't talking about a time uh, of Daniel's ending and his period. This time of the end is our day today. Mm-hmm. Yes, the prophecy actually went from back then to the end. So it wasn't limited to, say, a couple of hundred years. It goes right through. I observed that God has his own prophets through whom he sends the message to all the other people because not everybody could understand these prophecies. And As Nick was reading in Daniel chapter 9, verse 23, the angel is talking to Daniel and says, For you are highly esteemed. And I observe this one uh, also in chapter 10, verse 11. The angel is saying again to him, You who are highly esteemed. And is repeating again in in verse uh, 12, Your words were heard. And again in verse 18, O man highly esteemed. It means God has his own prophets, his own special people that are very closely to God. And through them, he reveals his Mm. messages for the other people to understand because God cannot reveal everything in detail to everybody. But God has his own people, special people set aside. And it's good to note here before you speak Helen that God gives some of these prophecies in pictures but later on provides an explanation just as Nick was saying it's not for us to have to try and work all that out, it's it's there. Yeah because it's overwhelming Uh, when uh, Daniel uh, faced the 
this message and the angel, it was too much for him. So he fell on the ground, unconscious yeah. or uh, weak and so on. And he, the angel picked him up again, you know. And uh, later on, I read that uh, he was asking, Daniel was asking for strength and power. And the angel touched him and he said, as I gave you now strength again, just stand up on your feet and listen to my message. So it was overwhelming for, for him as a human being. Yeah, Helen? Yeah. Yeah, I'd just like to come back to what Nick was saying, you know, about not having man's interpretation. I think we need to realise that one of the reasons that we, we, well, one of the things that we can do to stop that from happening is before we open scripture is to pray for enlightenment from the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit God. Mm. Um, because without his enlightenment, we could put our own interpretations in there. And, and I agree with you, that's something we must mm. not do. Yeah. Just uh, to continue on the same line, you know, we have people in our days who are highly esteemed in various ways. But if they are not spiritual, I'm talking now, if they are not embedded into the Word of God, that highly esteemed, uh, you know, uh, value can be uh, deceitful. And that's why it's important to connect those two things, you know, with prayer, with knowledge of the Bible. Uh, and that was Daniel. That's why God uh, named him a highly esteemed man. Because even though he was in the middle of paganism, mm. in the middle of people who don't believe in, in his God, he was living a life of faith in his God. And God named him highly esteemed man. Because, again, here today I like to, to point out that the enemy of God, which is Satan, he will do everything what he can to deceive and to counterfeit God's word. And Jesus said something very interesting again in his time to the teachers of, of the day. How well did you change the law of God in the favor of your own tradition? And that's what we are facing today. Many people and many Christians are just listening to a highly esteemed, let's say, uh, character or person or whatever, but they don't deepen themselves into the Word of God to see if the highly esteemed person is a genuine God's I've, person. I've recently had some interaction with a, a man who's Christian who claims he's a prophet. And uh, he gave me a, a letter about a certain subject and, of course, prophets must be in accordance with the Word of God. Mm. If someone prophesies something that's not supported by the Word of God, we know straight away that they are a false prophet. And also, if they don't live according to the Word of God, they are not true prophets. Maybe we'll deal with this a bit more mm. later on, but Daniel was a true prophet. Mm. He was an exemplary person. But just before we got into this section of uh, discussion, we were talking about symbols and images, but do you know that there's something else that is symbolic in prophecy? Helen, would you like to explain what that is? There's a, very, well, there's a couple of very interesting texts, and Daniel follows this with, with his prophecies, which is talking about time, 
and I, I think it's so so interesting when you look at prophetic time. Prophetic time is measured according to what we call the year-day principle. Let me read, please, um, from Numbers 14.34 for a start. It says here, and again the New Living Translation, Because your men explored the land for 40 days, you must wander in the wilderness for 40 years, a year for each day suffering the consequences of your sins a year for each day now in prophecy thinking about like when Jesus mentioned how many times to forgive someone you know 490 he wasn't prophesizing that you have to do it for 70 times 7 70 times 7 yeah but he wasn't prophesying that that was 490 years was he yeah you know and there is a difference but let me also mention Ezekiel mentions it here um, in chapter 4 5 and 6 this is an interesting vision um, that happened to Ezekiel. And he says here, I am requiring, God talking to him, I am requiring you to bear Israel's sins for 390 days, one day for each year of their sin. After that, turn over and lie on the right side for 40 days, one day for each year of Judah's sin. The reason we bring that up is because, again, that's the year-day principle. It's not just mentioned there. It's also very um prevalent in Daniel when Daniel comes to what we call the 70 years you know and we look at it now why is this important why is this important for us to know why is it relevant today why is it relevant today because when we get into the prophecies and we realize it that it's the past the present and the future and when the time prophecies come about they they're prophetic they cannot fit if it's just literal as that is concerned Well, I was just going to say this. Mm. The prophecy of Daniel, as Nick was saying before, also referred to the time of the end. Mm -hmm. If you take the time scale as literal years, it just doesn't fit. It's only a few years. Mm -hmm. So then you are compelled to consider the year-day principle. And if you do that, then it fits. Now, we have to hurry on. And just, uh, Len, before you go very quickly, I will, uh, because we'll, I'm pretty sure we'll come to this in more detail, you know, to yes. explain a little bit the uh, periods, the prophetic periods, and particularly the longest prophetic period in, in the Bible, which is the 2,300 uh, days. Very important because, you, as you said, Len, if uh, all this period of time will apply uh, just for the um, literal days uh, would not get you anywhere. But if you apply it in a year, day, uh, time, then you can see the application of, um, of this uh, period of time. Well, panel, is the book of Daniel relevant to us in the year 2020? Absolutely. I think, Len, it's probably the most relevant book in the Bible for us in this present day that which we find ourselves mm. it is we, when you really study it and know what's going on uh, it's very relevant well I want to ask you a few questions and I want some quick answers panel, <laughs> Helen 
Yes. Um, how is the re- book of Daniel relevant to us in 2020? Okay. Number one, I believe that God stands sovereign over our lives and he's in control. That should, that should then give us hope when facing trials or sufferings, opposition. We can look back to what God has done for Daniel, Joseph, Esther and the rest of them and we can rest assured that the Lord remains our Lord and he has not abandoned us even amidst our trials and temptations. Mm. From that I get that the fact is God is still sovereign Yes, God but hasn't, we are answerable to him. God hasn't gone to sleep. <laughs> no, no. And we are answerable, as you say. Lydia, mm-hmm. how else is it relevant in 2020? As we live in these times of trouble, uh, confused and aimless world, uh, full of violence and sin, uh, we observe that God stands in control. And we observe that God stirs the flow of history and... Uh, uh, we ob- we observe as we look back in the human history, we observe the growth of nations, the rise and fall of empires, the will of and proneness of man, the shaping of events also, and uh, to a great degree to be determined by the power, ambition of, and uh, caprice of, of uh, people and empires. And we observe that God is in control of everything and he's got everything in his hands. Yes. God is control, in control, and he steers the course of history. Well, there's another thing too, Ken. Why is such a book like Daniel relevant to us in this day and age? Well, I think we have covered a number of reasons for us, but I think one of the other reasons I think of is that as we look around the world today, there's so many problems and challenges, wars, just so much disasters happening on every front all over the place. But Bible students realize that this is all foretold in the Bible and we have a hope. We have this belief that this is heralding in the return of Jesus Christ and all these nasty things are coming to an end. God chose his people as a role models, as Daniel was a, a role model for uh, God in his time. God wants us to be role models, his ambassadors in this time as we live now. And that's important. Yeah. When a Christian acts in an unchristian way, that's not a good role model. No. It's not saying anything about the God in whom that person believes. Got to walk the walk and talk, as well as talk the talk. That's it, mm. I like that. Walk Mm -hmm. the walk and talk the talk. Mm -hmm. So, Helen, just briefly, because I know time is running against us, is the book of Daniel, and for that matter, the book of Revelation, a mystery? No. No, I don't believe that God would give information and not expect people to understand what has been given. I believe he's also given interpretation. You know, the Bible was designed to be a guide to everyone, all who wish to become acquainted with the will of our Maker. God gave to men the sure word of prophecy. Angels and even Christ himself came to make known to Daniel and John the things that must shortly come to pass. They're important for us, and those important matters that concern our salvation were not left involved in mystery. They were not revealed in such a way as to perplex and mislead the honest seeker after truth. Said the Lord by the prophet Habakkuk, write the vision and make it plain, that he may run that readeth it. The word of God is plain to all who study it with a prayerful heart. There's a key there, a prayerful heart. Every true honest soul will come to the light of truth. 
Light is sown for the righteous. And no church can advance in holiness unless its members are earnestly seeking for truth as for hidden treasure. And I just want to mention that uh, a lot of people and Christians today will regard the book of Daniel and Revelation as mysterious. I like to say this, that for even for Daniel and for John, these books in their time, parts of that book, it was mysterious because it was not referred to their time. But for us, in our times, in our days, where the message which was given to Daniel or John is so relevant to us, that's not a mystery anymore. We cannot take out of context things which are written there. We need to understand because of the background. We have now the uh, lots of the prophecy revealed to us through the history. And we are not in a position of being neglectful in, in the terms of understanding and apply this prophecy. But as a good students of the Bible, to really understand the times we live in. That's the factor of the of these books, the Daniel and Revelation, and we need to to leave aside that kind of thinking and um, uh, just look look into the into the Bible and understand. Mm. Yes, you really have to think about how God presented these truths. They appear to be a bit mysterious, although those mysteries, and I don't like to call them mysteries, can be understood. But they only can be understood as you search. So they put there as, it's like gold in the ground. You've got to go and look for it, but it's there. Mm. Well, now, we were talking about a prophet, and Daniel was a wonderful man. We're not going to talk about him very much today, and we'll learn more later. But he honoured God supremely. He was scrupulously honest. And he was honest to others, God and himself, and he was a man for his time. Listeners, very quickly think about this. In what ways might you be someone whom God has called to be a man or a woman for these times? Do you have an answer to this? I think Lija just mentioned a bit earlier that uh, uh, God is calling each one of us to represent him in what we are doing and how we live uh, today and how we understand and even teach and preach the Word of God. Because uh, we cannot afford to just come with our own interpretation, our own ideas, but to really understand the Word of God, to bring it before the people. We are not about to bring another another gospel yeah, to say yeah. so. We are going to, to preach and to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ, who yeah. himself revealed to us. In the Bible is mentioning that God will give visions and dreams to young people and uh, uh, elderly people in the Bible. So God is going to reveal his own mission to his own chosen people. Oh. So it's up to God, it's not up to us. But we have to stay um, in a very closer relationship with God. Mm. I want to close today with a challenge, listeners. God may be calling you into his kingdom to know the truth of his word and to be the means of influencing others to be a part of his kingdom too. He might be calling you to be a person of this time. Well, we have to close there. I'm sorry, but uh, time is against us. So as we close, Ken, 
Would you close this study today with prayer? Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just pray for all our listeners that are hearing this series on Daniel. It's such an important book. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that people will pay attention to these words. But not only that, Lord, that they will seek to study the Bible and find the truths that that are in it. We pray for each each and every one of them, Lord God, that the Holy Spirit would open their eyes and their heart to see how important this book is and how it ties in with every human being on the face of the earth. And we just ask this, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you very much, everyone, for um, uh, sharing today. As was mentioned at the beginning, uh, today was just a kind of introduction to this study, which we are uh, going to approach for the next uh, few weeks. And uh, if I would like to just uh, uh, mention maybe some of the studies coming up, will be things like, you know, from Jerusalem to Babylon, or from mystery to uh, revelation, or from pride to humility. There will be a lots of lessons to learn from this book of Daniel. Uh, please just uh, stay with us um, and every week as we are uh, sharing with you from uh, this wonderful book, uh, we'll uh, love to have you also giving us feedback. If you like to write to us or uh, call us, we are uh, more than happy to take your call and to answer to some of the questions you may have. Until then, may God bless you and Keep walking in the footsteps of Jesus.